Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day. We're so glad you joined us here for the conversation as we go verse by verse through the book of Jeremiah. Our series, The Hard Truth, is looking at this Old Testament prophet's messages of sorrow, judgment, and hope. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Hello there, friends, and welcome back to today's episode of Everyday Truth. Got a postcard again today of the Ark Encounter. Have you ever been been there? Uh, Noah's Ark. This is from Cheryl Hobbs. Cheryl is one of our Israel Trip alumnus, alumni, one of our alumni. And Cheryl, thank you for sending us this postcard and just uh, reaching out. Really appreciate that. We are in Jeremiah and we have been moving at a breakneck speed over the past couple days, getting done here before the year's end. But uh, wow, these stories that God has tucked away for us uh, here in the latter portion of the book of Jeremiah are just amazing. And I can't wait to tell you this cautionary tale that the Bible has included here in Jeremiah chapters 40. We'll go to the end of chapter 40, 41, 42, and 43. It's one story, and it is an amazing story. So last episode, we left Gedaliah or Jedaliah, however you want to pronounce that, He's the new governor. Zedekiah has been uh, taken to Babylon. His children have been uh, killed in front of him. Uh, Jerusalem has been destroyed. And there's just a remnant of people that are remaining in the land. And Gedaliah has been appointed as the governor. And so the Babylonians have told him, hey, just obey me. And uh, Nebuchadnezzar said, obey me. Uh, pay your taxes, uh, keep, keep, get, you mind your P's and Q's, and you'll be fine. And so Gedaliah now sends a message out to the generals out in the field and these units that are in, in various places, even across the river, in places like Ammon and other places, that you can come home. And it's relatively safe now. We're going to plant fields and we're going to just engage in this new normal. Well, in the midst of all of this, a man comes home by the name of Johanan, and we mentioned him last episode, and his story begins in verse uh, number 13 of Jeremiah 40. And just for sake of time, let me tell you the beginning part of the story. So Johanan is one of the captains of the guard. He is a high-ranking military official. He comes back and he says to Gedaliah, Gedaliah, uh, there's another man coming back with his troops. His name is Ishmael, and you can't trust him. Uh, He has nefarious purposes. He really is going to come back, and I have it on good information that he really wants to assassinate you, Gedaliah, so let me take care of him. I'll take care of him expeditiously, surreptitiously, uh, and no one will know, no one will be the wiser. I've got you covered. Well, Gedaliah looks at Johanan and says, no, that won't be necessary because I don't believe you. You are swearing falsely. You're telling me a fib. I, I don't believe a word you're saying, and I will, not, I will not allow you to do this thing. And it would seem as if that would be the end of the story. But in chapter number, number 41, Ishmael indeed does come and assassinate Gedaliah. 
there at mitzvah. Now, remember, Jeremiah is there. Uh, A lot of innocent people are there. Uh, Some of the Babylonian guards are are there. And basically, Ishmael ambushes them. He kills Gedaliah. He kills uh, uh, all of the people that are of military Uh, all the military people, including the Babylonians. Now, you can only imagine what kind of repercussions that's going to invite from Nebuchadnezzar. And and he takes over that whole area. And so Johanan was right. Ishmael did have a design to assassinate Gedaliah in a brutal way. Then the Bible says that there's a group of men who have who have shaven themselves, shaved themselves, and they're on their way to offer a sacrifice to the Lord. Uh, they're coming from Shechem and from Shiloh, and they're coming to make a an offering to God. And the Bible says that Ishmael even ambushes them and kills them. Seventy of the eighty he kills. Ten of them he allows to remain alive because they said they knew of treasure hidden in a field. And so, uh, no doubt, out of greed, Ishmael allowed them to remain alive. So, nice guy, this Ishmael. He is causing a real ruckus because now he is arousing the ill will of Nebuchadnezzar again. He has killed Gedaliah. Uh, he has killed innocent people, and now he's killed these people that are going to worship. I mean, this man is as evil as it gets. Well, in the end of chapter 41, Johanan hears about this, and he gathers some other troops together. He gathers some other leaders together, and now they're going to come against Ishmael, who is now in Gibeon. Well, when the followers of Ishmael see the force that's coming against them, Johanan and all these other people, they said, oh my, this is not good. And we don't trust Ishmael ourselves. And really what happened was there was a mass desertion from Ishmael and only eight of his key leaders remained. And the Bible says that Ishmael fled the country. He went over to Ammon and joined the king of the Ammonites. And we don't hear from him again in this story. So Ishmael is cared for. Johanan has come to the rescue. If only Gedaliah would have listened to him in the first place, this never would have happened. But now, in a de facto sense, Johanan is the new leader. Now, he's not appointed by Babylon. We still don't know what Nebuchadnezzar is going to think because for all Nebuchadnezzar cares, uh, the Jews have revolted again, and that must be crushed. And all of this is banging around in Johanan's mind. Like, what's going to happen? What are we going to do? This is a bad situation. And so the Bible says at the end of this chapter that they go down to a southern portion, south of Jerusalem, actually very near Bethlehem, and their intention is to flee to Egypt. Now, the mistake there would be that that's exactly what Zedekiah had done. Uh, the, the, the former king, Zedekiah, was putting all of his trust in his alliances with Egypt and none of his trust in God. So it seems as if this ragtag group now that is in charge under Johanan, it would seem as if they're making the same mistake. But in chapter number 42, they did something that at its face seems really, really good. Because here's what they do. They contact Jeremiah. 
So here's Jeremiah. He's in the midst of all of this. He's been left in the land of uh, of Judah, remember? Nebuchadnezzar allowed that. And so Johanan, on behalf of, 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 of this, these people, he comes to Jeremiah and says, Jeremiah, uh, would you please pray for us? And whatever God tells us to do, we're going to do it, even if it's hard. We, we want good news, but good news or bad news, we want God's news. And so, Jeremiah, would you pray for us, find out what God's will is in this situation, and whatever it is, we are going to follow God. Now, what a refreshing attitude, especially considering the chapters that we've been talking about for the last few weeks. What a refreshing attitude. So what does Jeremiah do? Jeremiah goes to pray. And for 10 long days, Jeremiah is gone. He's praying. He's seeking an answer from God. After 10 days, he comes back and says, okay, Johanan, I have an answer from God. And the answer is this. The answer is, stay here. I will bless you. Plant plant your fields. Uh, trust in me. I'm going to protect you. I'll take care of Nebuchadnezzar. Nothing bad's going to happen to you. You don't need to go to Egypt like you were planning to do. Uh, you can stay right here, and I'll give you the same promise that I have given the nation now for years. Trust me. And that's what God's looking for. He's looking for people simply to trust him. It's not a matter of how military, mil- militarily strong you are. It's not a matter of how uh, well-positioned you are. It's a matter of just trusting me. So, Johanan, trust me. Lead the people to stay here, and everything's going to be okay. But then Jeremiah said, but God also said, Johanan, that he knows your lying heart. And he knows that when you came to me and said, we just want to follow God. We just want God's will. We just will do whatever God says, no matter how hard it is. God told me to tell you, Johanan, that he knew that you were lying when you said that and that your intention all along has been to go to Egypt. And you really didn't want God's will. You were just hoping that I would tell you what you already wanted to do. But you really are not submissive to God's plan. And you really are not putting faith in God's power. But what a stinging rebuke that is. Well, now that the word of God has not only revealed the answer, but has also revealed the motive of Johanan, what will Johanan do? Now, what he should have done is he should have just been humble. What he should have done is he should have said, that's right, and I'll do it God's way. He still had God's promise, but that's not what Johanan did. You know what Johanan did? And this is now chapter 43. What Johanan did is he accused Jeremiah of lying. Jeremiah, we know your heart. You're just trying to get us. You're just trying to deliver us over to the Babylonians. Uh, you're you're not loyal. You're just loyal to Babylon. You're not loyal to God. You're not loyal to God's people. You and Baruch are in cahoots to try to make life miserable for us. You're just looking out for yourselves. Again, none of that was true. We know that. It's the same old, same old. History repeating itself. So what does Johanan do? He takes all the people that have survived the massacre from Ishmael. He takes all of his own people, the the ragtag army that he has. And then he takes Jeremiah and Baruch as kind of prisoners. And they leave that area of Bethlehem 
that area, and they go to Egypt in direct defiance to what God had just told them to do. And when they get to Egypt, they get to a river called Tehapanes. And right there is one of Pharaoh's palaces, one of his one of his homes. And God speaks to Jeremiah. And God says, Jeremiah, take two big rocks, put them in the brick kiln in front of all the people, and then tell the people, you see these rocks? You see what's happening here? One day, Nebuchadnezzar will come and defeat Egypt, just like he defeated Judah. And he will put his palace here, and he'll put his rule and reign here. And you all, for disobeying God, will suffer the same fate as your brothers and sisters did back in Jerusalem, because you are doing the exact same thing. You're faithless, you're faithless, you're unbelieving, you're scheming, you refuse to look inward, and the same thing will happen. When will they learn their lesson? What a cautionary tale about Johanan. There's a lot there. If you're a preacher, uh, I would really encourage you to go back to the end of chapter 40, read through chapter 43. There is a great sermon in these chapters. But for all of us, I hope that we've heard it. I hope, I hope that we've received it. And I hope that we won't make the same mistakes. God bless you, my friends. Have a great day in the Lord. We'll see you next time. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.